Hey there, and welcome into Better Advertising with Better AMS. My name is Justin Knuckles, and I'm your host. Our guest today, Mr. Aaron Cordovez, is from Zulai, one of the most well-known and dominant brands in the home and kitchen category over the past several years. Having competed against these guys years ago, it was fascinating to hear Aaron's philosophy on how to think about brand identity and what it means to your customers, as well as how they look to launch new products in their always expanding catalog. We'll dive into pricing your products as an efficient way to remain dominant wherever you sell on Amazon. Also, Aaron chats on his offerings to help you all as brand owners and sellers with getting listed on other marketplaces outside of Amazon risk-free, as well as his automated software for PPC management. We'll have all the info in the show notes if you want to follow up with Aaron. But with that, let's get into this great talk we had. Enjoy. Well, hey there, everybody. I am welcome today. I'm welcoming today uh, Aaron Cordovez from Zulai and Samurai Seller. Welcome in, Aaron. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Uh, great to be here and happy to share stuff. And let's let's roll. Yeah, I think a lot of sellers, myself included, um, to give you a little background, uh, I used to sell milk frothers um, as part of one what? of my private label seller uh, <laughs> offerings. So I have a lot of familiarity with your guys' brand. Um, but, you know, the milk frother seems to be the dominant Zulai uh, product. But what is the strategy, you know, for launching new products nowadays? And what has been really the focus for you guys 2022, 2023? You know, some of it I, I, I can't necessarily go over because I don't want people. Like what I'm gonna where I'm gonna be in a year, I don't want people to know about it until we're there. Um, but oh, it's sure. uh, very different than what we've done. But I'll say I'll say this just general like broad strokes. Yeah, you, you know, um, you need to, your brand needs to represent something, right? It needs to have some concept in somebody's mind. Like a brand, what I see is kind of like a, a a mind space. Where what part of your mind? So we we as as human beings, right? We remember so much stuff and we know so many things that like it, it's actually mind boggling. Like if you're like you just put on a song from like 1990 or something, whatever, 1995, I don't know, whatever song or a song from 1950s, like somehow you're going to know all the words, right? Or like, you, you know, all the characters to this, uh, you know, like all the Simpsons, you can name like all the characters, right? Okay, Bart, Lisa, Marge, Homer, like you have so much stuff that's in your mind that is stored there. One of those mm-hmm. things, whether you know it or not, is like what is a brand and what does it represent and should I buy from them? And so when you're developing a, a brand, you need to stand for something. And so in, in Zulai Kitchen, right, we stand for moms. We stand for families. We stand for uh, doing things easier to save time, to spend more time with your family, right? And when you look at that concept, we do best when we stay in that category, right? We've tried some things like <clears throat> a product that we failed was like a, a step stool, for example. Horrible thing. We try like the Zulai home. Ho- actually, a horrible idea um, because it, it, it already represents something. We're trying to have it represent something else, right? And there's this concept of mega brands where like one brand can have everything. It's a bad idea. And there's a book that goes over that called End of Marketing as We Know It by Sergio Zyman. That's kind of my first marketing book that I read that I really loved and I've read it many, many times now. And so it's like, you don't, the brand represents an idea. And so when you're making products, you need to know, does it fit that idea or not? And if not, you could start a new brand. That's fine. But don't make your brand mean too many things, right? If you look at Apple, Mm -hmm. they're probably the biggest company per market cap possibly in the entire world. And actually, I'm not sure, is it? Uh, Anyway, I think it is. Or if it's not, it's in the top three, right? So sure. um, why? 
they represent the most cool, sexy gadgets, this and that, and new technology. This they don't do like, oh, I'm gonna do an Apple like chair or something, right? Or like an Apple like coffee, right? Or uh, Apple or like no, Apple represents the highest tech stuff, right? It's high price. It's the best. It's it's the premium, and they do everything around that, right? So that's one thing that makes you successful. So when you're at, when we're adding new products, we want like what fits, right? Or some of our strongest categories are like citrus, right? Citrus and coffee. So mm-hmm. we focus on those lines and we want to, how do we make things easier? How do we do things that are good for the home? How do we do things that are, you know, within that brand? And, and so again, I don't know if that's like a super specific answer, but it's something that without that, your product selection w- probably most likely is going to fail, right? No, that is very important to stick to, you know, your audience and your customers and what they're looking for and what enhances, you know, the suite of what you're already doing. So it sounds like you guys have a pretty good D to C connection with your customers and, and knowing what they're looking for. Um, so does a lot of your guys' marketing spend and focus on the external side, go to the direct consumer to build that relationship? You know, no. Um, the way that you could find out what your customers are thinking on Amazon in several ways. Okay. One of them is frequently bought together, right? Um, I just answered mm-hmm. uh, on, on LinkedIn, right? Someone's like, how do you select products? I'm like, look, go to your frequently bought together. I'm going to open like a competitor and I'm just going to look and let's go to Frigging Bought Together. And guess what? Frigging Bought Together is a cheese grater and a garlic press. Uh, that's been like that for a long time. So guess what we guess guess what we should add? We got a lemon squeezer. Hit number one. What should we do next, yep. Justin? Doing a cheese grater. That's right. And the freaking garlic press. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not it's like a no-brainer. Like Because you can also cross... We, we did this a lot more before. Now we have so much products and like I, I think we just maybe don't have the manpower. Um, but you know, you advertise the garlic press on the lemon squeezer listing and vice versa, right? We used to do a lot more of that. We probably should put it back and put it back and do that again. Um, cause it was very successful. And then we would get that frequently bought together, but now, you know, we have the number one garlic press and the number one lemon squeezer. So by just naturally we're going to end up on both of those. Right. So, but that's the same customer and they will buy both at the same time. They're going to make a guacamole or something, right? So you need to do the garlic or whatever. You need, mm-hmm. You're going to make some sort of salsa or whatever. Like a lot of times when you're preparing food, you're going to need both of those items. So um, that's a very easy way. That's one way for getting about together. Two, asking the customers, right? Um, our D2C spend doesn't go. We don't really spend that, that much D2C. We do spend a little bit. But we do collect as much information from Amazon as possible. So we have, you know, codes to scan. We have uh, warranty signups. We have all different things where sure. people can then connect with us. And when they connect with us, whether it's ManyChat, email, phone, whatever, we can get their info and then we can do surveys. We can say, hey, man, what product would you like to see from us? And if you ask, what's crazy is we ask, let's say, 300 people. Most people can get 300 people like to answer a, a survey or at least have 300 people on their list, right? We find, oh, wow, 30 people asked for this, right? Uh, make it. Like, I don't know. Like, there's... There's this world of like Amazon and we live in this ecosystem where we're just looking at keywords and search mm-hmm. terms and we just live Amazon in the algorithm. <laughs> but you can also like talk to your customer because Absolutely. they'll give you something. And yes, you can validate and make sure it's decent on Amazon. But if it's what your customer wants, you already have some sort of mind equity with you already exist in their mind. So when they're looking for that next product, they know that you're a decent company. You have good products. You have good service. You have, well, you should have. I mean, if you don't have good products or good service, then you shouldn't be in private label, right? You should be some. You should be some under industry, right? Well, go work in crypto. I don't know. You have to service your people well. Then you get a good mind space into them for your brand. And then when they see that next product, 
then they want to buy it from you because they know they've had a good experience and they know the quality is there and they know they're not going to be disappointed when they buy that product from you. Sure, sure. No, I've certainly gone back and looked at brands that I've had good experiences with to say, do they even sell this product, right? Like I haven't even seen it from them before, but let's go check and see if they sell it because it makes sense to me that they would carry that type of product. But I love to hear you uh, bring a many chat name up. I am glad to hear they're still being used, man. I used that years and years ago for roughly the same purposes, right? Building that relationship after the sale. Um, but it's awesome to see Amazon. I'm not sure if you guys have played with these things uh, lately, but you know they're really making it easier to engage with the customer at, after the sale, right? If you um, if you follow a brand, I'm not sure if you guys have played with the lives um, or posts, but if you follow a brand, right, you can communicate directly with your customer. Have you guys played with any of those features? We do. We're crazy about Amazon posts. I don't even know how. Like when it first came out, that thing was nuts. We were we were putting I think like ten to fifteen posts every single day. Uh, it's free impressions, yeah. right? Mm, why not? Like have a team and and like you know it's it's dropped from the beginning. Uh, it's a little bit harder, and I and I wish I knew a way to get them ranked better. But what we do is we kind of do the shotgun approach. We're like we're just gonna do whatever Mo- many posts every single day, throw them out, and like some of them do well. I, I wish we had a better strategy, but like at least we have that, you know. And um, yeah, it's, it's free clicks. It's free. Like we have for sure people with Amazon posts. We have a lot of followers now. I, I forgot exactly how many. It's not a ridiculous amount, but maybe like 50,000 or 100,000. Or... Yeah, but I mean, that that helps as you can launch a product and tell all those people, hey, we have a new product and they're interested in your, your brand and you're following um, what you're doing. So push it out to them. Let them know you have a new product. So I've also heard... Um, as I was talking with Amazon recently, that we should have a follow button somewhere within sponsor brand ads at some point. So that's a great way if you're running top of search banner ads, right? Follow the brand. Um, so you can have that continued touch point with them in your own way. Basically email marketing from Amazon. Yep. Well, that's nice. And and I'll tell you, um, when you're talking about like, hey, when you you look for a product from a brand, that I would say is a very small use case, by the way, just to take yeah, circle back to that. The more common use case, sure, sure, yeah. The more the more common one is, you now search for you know you you bought a drum set from somebody. Now you search drumsticks, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. you see the brand name in the sponsor results, so you're not looking for that brand, but you're looking for another product. But now you the product that you just bought you was good. You see that they also sell drumsticks, right? So then. That gives you, that's, I think, more common. Like, I don't necessarily, very rarely, but I might check like, hey, does this company sell this? Yeah. But what you'll find all the time is they're going to search again, right? Maybe 90% of the time, they'll search a non-branded term. But if you show up and they have an experience with you, your click-through rate, your conversion rate, your everything is going to be higher and better, right? If it's that customer that's already uh, interacted with you. So that's how I find that, that, that brand and that repeat purchase and that other products will help you. Like, when we launch a product, a lot of times I'll go see the first 10, 20 purchases and maybe 20, 30% of them are people who have bought another item from us already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with the number of sellers, especially in your aisle, right? I mean, it's it's easy to to get lost in the number of sellers and brands and, you know, who the hell is who. But if you've already experienced, you know, you know a good product with Zulai, then it makes sense that it's slightly more profitable, maybe not in a numeric sense, but uh, conversion rate is going to be better. Um, it's a little bit cheaper to run those ads if they've already seen your brand. So I totally get what you're saying. How important is it with, um, you know, 
you guys, I feel, are very, you know, fairly priced. Let's just put it that way, right? Like it is not, um, it's a very easy impulse buy for for customers if they're interested in your products. Um, so how do you guys, I mean, justify or, or put marketing spend behind those products when, you know, as we're getting in later into Q4 here, cost per clicks go up, right? Um, you know, these premium brands can afford to, to just pay those cost per clicks and take a higher aid cost. But how do you guys do it? It's such a, you know, fairly priced product for your customers. <laughs> Question of the century. So like pricing is something that's so important and also very sensitive, right? Because there's that aspect of like, there, there, okay, there was an interview with uh, Jeff Bezos, right? Uh, a while back. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of said like, listen, people like to do business and, and chase fads, right? They like to chase fads and like, what you do today is going to be lost tomorrow and this or like the business is all whatever. And Jeff Bezos answer. He's a, he's a genius, this guy. And he goes, listen, the things that go out of style are some things, but some things will never go out of style. And that is a good price and fast delivery, right? No matter what you, there will never be a time when someone goes, listen, I want it to be slower. I want it to come later. Like I don't want it right now. Or no, I want to pay more for it. Right. You will never hear that come out of a customer's mouth. Like, I, I will never say, I wish I could pay $10,000 more for this car. Oh, I wish that TV cost me twice as right. much. I just wish. Oh, I wish. Instead of getting here a month, it took six months to get here, right, for furniture. This furniture buying online is like a, a disaster. So when you focus <laughs> on things that never go out of style, if you could achieve a low price, right, no one's going to complain, right? And so... um. It's tough, okay? What we like to do is have a product mix, okay? We want to have one that we can price the best in the market, and then we want to have a version of that that's more premium that we can spend all the ads on. So then we can take up multiple spaces on organic, and we're also serving the people. We make a product that's better, more sexy, packaged better, that's going to give that wow factor when you get it. And we have that one priced above the entire market. But then we also want to have one at as close to the bottom as is physically possible to still make profit right and and there you're defending your moat okay people talk about this review moat i think the review mode is a little bit of a lie okay i've seen people with uh, t- ten thousand reviews they go from number one spot to like number 10 spot like instantly it happens because what if someone comes out with a product twice as cheap as you their listing looks as good as you they start getting as many reviews as you what where's the moat Okay, if there's a product for 10,000 reviews and one for 30,000, one is half the price for 10,000 reviews. I'm like, I'll go with that 10,000. If it's cheaper, there's nothing specifically better about it. I'll get it. That review moat, it's a flimsy moat. It's not a strong moat, right? It's your defense. It's not very strong. Your strong defense, if you have better reviews and a sexy price, that's a moat right there. Because someone has to lose hundreds of thousands of dollars to compete with you to get enough reviews to then start trying to take your market share. So the only way you can have a moat that is defendable is if you have the best price and the best reviews and the best creative and possibly the best advertising. Sometimes you have to not advertise a product that's the cheapest. You're going to advertise ones that's higher. So you may not need that advertising, right? You save it for another one, but you can keep the cost per clicks up with your high expensive product or medium, medium product. So nobody with the very cheap price can afford to advertise. So again, this is like a really master plan. It's like defending your brand, but that's one thing we've done well is defending right because if whatever product you have today okay if you have a product like okay if i had a milk frother 
a black milk frother, right? Back in 2018. We got to number one spot, whatever. And we kept that same exact product and we didn't change it. We didn't improve the motor. We didn't add colors. We didn't make the price go down. We didn't, you know, uh, add new models. We didn't add new market. We didn't change the page. We've done new pages so many times. If we never did that, it is a matter of time before you get dethroned, period, period. Nobody is immune to that. Someone's going to come out with something that is way cheaper. They're going to figure out some marketing. The, the, the factories are going to figure out marketing better and better. They're already doing it every month. They're getting a little bit better. They're still not the best, but some of them are very good. And so if someone beats you on marketing and price and they can afford to spend money and they don't care about being, ne- I talked to a company yesterday, negative 20% EBITDA. They don't care. They want growth. <sighs> no kidding. So people yeah. could lose money to take you down. So if you don't have a price that's good, you're bound to fail. Like, I don't know what to say. Like Apple, if they never put out a new iPhone, they're going to be screwed. But guess what? You can get an iPhone 5 for like 200 bucks, right? Like go get a, go get an iPhone yeah. a long time ago you, so they can get that cheap market with their old product. So someone who's like, their dream is to buy Apple, they could still buy for 200 bucks. So do you want, do you want an iPhone 6 or iPhone 7? Or do you want, I don't know, a Samsung Galaxy, the, 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 the new one? Well, I'd just try to get an iPhone, right? So you want to get the low price and the high price. That's, that's the answer to the question. You need to do, you need to do all of it. Yeah, I mean, the the big takeaway right there is like the the price point is almost the marketing component, right? Like you, going back to the review mode, like, oh, my God, I can't tell you how hard we chase reviews back when we were launching products just to play that game and be like, we can't compete with a 20,000 review seller. Uh, but right, like price point, like I've myself as a shopper, you I'm sure like if you're entering a new market, a new aisle as a customer, like especially at that price point, like ten dollars, like. I'm going to try it out if it's a little bit cheaper um, versus the one who's got 50,000 reviews. That totally, totally makes sense. And then within your aisle and your category, it's so easy to cross sell customers. Again, if you've had a good experience with July, like get them in at a loss. And next time they go to look for a lemon squeezer, you can run ads at the top and they're going to know your brand. So I, I love that approach to take the the price as a, a really strong advantage. Because we try to never sell at a loss. If we need to have a lower price, we'll put the ads on a different SKU after that one ranks, right? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really believe in this like at a loss thing, right? Like I just don't, uh, we don't really do that unless we have to liquidate the product. Of course, we'll, we have some products that are negative, right? We're, we're not immune to like the world, okay? But we won't consciously sell a product long-term at a loss doesn't matter what like maybe one day if we do coffee and we sell a coffee machine or something and it gives us coffee maybe but right now we're not in that we don't have that luxury some brands might but what will happen is we could reduce the margin right you reduce the margin and you could change the ad strategy to put it on your newer products and then your old one can be really cheap and then uh, people do that there's there's i've talked to some brands that some of their products have like 0.5 percent total a cost 2% 2% total ACOS. Okay, how do you do that? Well, they're priced at like 10% margin and they got good sourcing. No one's going to beat them. So they're top of organic, right? And if, if, if uh, I was going to ask, like, how, how do you advertise that? How do you do advertising on that product, right? What is the strategy? And I was going to, you know, ask that. Maybe, maybe you know, obviously, maybe Destiny would know or whoever would know. But sometimes that thing is hard to advertise because you're making your money on that organic and you put that ad spend, you could cannibalize yourself because 
anyway, so back, back to that. The point is, if you have a super, super cheap product, you can have it at a low margin and make money all day long. And we, we see that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, to answer your question there, I mean, we, me and Destiny have been talking about it with everybody we come across, but Packview put out some data that showed like the top three um, paid placements at the top of search get about 70% of the click share. So it's, it's almost a matter of, even if you're organically ranked, like you can decide for yourself if you want to defend that extra placement or not. But I mean, those are getting 70% of the clicks nowadays. Mm. Um, so and running a 2% ACOS, a it's totally possible, whether you're a, ch- a cheap product or a premium product. No, not totally. No, a total ACOS. Oh, total ACOS, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, it comes down to just knowing you know, what your best converting placements are and uh, trying to get the, the bids in a spot that performs at the, the ACOS you're looking for. Um, but it also could be a matter of you know taking, like you said, a temporary loss to really push a keyword and push that organic rank. And then once you have it, um, let's pull back on bids. Let's run that at a profitable place and allow organic sales to and that mar- extra margin to um, put money back in your pocket. So those are a couple different strategies. It's really, you know, what is the the strategy the seller wants to go for at that point in time? So um, but I mean, going back to Zulai, um, you guys have been in the market for for so long. I feel like, you know, many sellers in your shoes would love to just cash out, sell. Uh, what is like the long term vision for for Zulai just to continue being that dominant kitchenware brand on on new Amazon? Yeah, I mean, we're every year we're actually selling. Sorry, our percentage of Amazon sales is less and less. So we're adding other channels. Wow. Uh, we're adding okay. the re- retail component. We really want to go after that like big growth off Amazon because the fees are getting really, really high, right? Like we just they just announced that another fee increase in January. We got that fuel surcharge. We got the first time ever a Q4 per unit surcharge. So margins on Amazon are getting tight where in other places they're staying the same, right? Amazon is squeezing and squeezing. The stock price is going down. Um, is it a good time to buy Amazon stock? I don't know. Maybe like they're, it's just been going down. And uh, one thing they're doing now is like they're squeezing. They, they need to find their margin. They need to find their stuff. But what's happening is they're squeezing those sellers. Um, and, and we're feeling it. And, and what's, what's crazy is a company, like when you have companies that do take a full loss, they almost don't care about those fees for now because they're they're going on a dream. They have maybe some cash to burn. But everybody who's running profitably, we either have to raise prices when those fees goes up or just take that margin hit. And and we're, we're not seeing really prices go up when the fees go up. Like we're not seeing it. So all that's happening is mm-hmm. the sellers, basically money's going from the sellers to Amazon more and more. And so look, there's that rule of one. You never want to rely on one thing. And so we've we have relied on Amazon a lot. But our goal going forward is like, how do we establish that D2C? How do we maybe make a marketplace? How do we be on so many marketplaces in so many countries and so many places and so many stores where Amazon is one of our channels, right? I think Anchor has gotten to that point, right? They went they went public at $13 billion in the Chinese stock market. Oh, yeah. And I believe their revenue was like 600 million Amazon and then like 500 million elsewhere, right? So they were close. Uh, wow. That's around when, when I remember when I read it or like 600, 400, something like that. So I, that would be the goal is like make Amazon 50% or less. Or like if it disappeared, we would still exist and we could still do the payroll. And we could still, you know, function, which right now we do rely on Amazon sure. for a big degree. And we love Amazon. 
Look, I don't hate on Amazon. I love Amazon, dude. We don't ha- we wouldn't have this business. We wouldn't have this reach without Amazon. It's fucking fantastic. However, things change, right? Like, yeah, maybe a few years ago it was very easy to have like super high margins, but it's getting tighter ever every single month. So, our the goal is try to get as much off Amazon. Um, yeah. Omnichannel expansion. I love it. Have you guys played around on Walmart at all yet? Uh, played around is a good way to describe it. Uh, <laughs> Walmart is it's getting better of, every day. One of our, actually, we just started getting some some better sales the last few weeks on Walmart. But Walmart is crazy because we have a patent, so we have like this milk frother stand that's patented. We actually designed it. Like I personally designed parts. Like we got a firm, we did a thing. I was like, okay, like I like wow. this, I like that, blah, blah. and I made this patent, and it stands like that. On Walmart, there's people selling that thing everywhere with my patent, and I cannot report them. On Amazon, someone has your patent, you report them, they're gone. On Walmart, yeah. they don't even listen. They, they, I don't know, I guess. It's like have, eBay. Yeah, I guess, yeah, like, it's the Wild West. So Walmart's hard to sell in because when you have people violating your rights, left, right, and center, and you can't have, you can't do it. You have to go and sue them. And it's there in China. What are you going to do? You're not. So it's, it's a very yeah. not friendly marketplace. Um, very hard to talk to people. Very hard to report infringements. And for a brand like us, when people are, copying us so much on walmart than using our intellectual property that we own it's hard to grow there because that's what we built that's that's what we have we have our own stuff that we built that represents us and represents our brand and if someone else is buying them thinking that they're us and they're taking that brand equity yeah. and it, really being a parasite on that and so with no way to defend it it's it's hard to do on uh, walmart right so that's one yeah. of the things you've had interesting i i'm in- curious to hear that perspective on that i mean it's even a more price sensitive marketplace. Uh, and so it doesn't even, it's tough to run brand defensive plays over there because I mean, those Chinese sellers will just bottom the market out and copy your product. I've seen it many, many times. Any other marketplaces you guys have seen? Um, I don't want to say success in, but um, have seen maybe room for growth, target, yeah, anything yeah. else. Yeah, no target is amazing. In fact, um, we actually have a, um, a company where we list people's products on target. Um, the quick plug on that, but like, We'll see maybe not 10% of um, Amazon, but we have some products that do over 10% uh, of their revenue. So if the product is a million dollars on Amazon in a year, it could do $100,000 on Target. Like it's a, has a, it has a huge um, uh, a huge market on Target. Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond is very big. Fair.com is very big. It gets you a mom and pop shops. We've been to stores and people have our product because it's these guys buy uh, F-A-I-R-E.com. So we have a lot of those things. And so I've seen, hey, if we could increase 10% of our revenue just by getting these marketplaces, but it's tough because there's a lot of applications. There, there's just a lot of processes. There's like sales tax, there's this, there's connecting. It's, a, it's honestly a pain in the ass to add like 12 marketplaces. But we can do that for people, right? So um, anyway, if, if somebody wants that, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, right? Aaron Cordova's, or we have an email. If you could put it in the show notes or whatnot, but um, inquiries. Yeah at bigbrandproducts.com. And if you write to me there, we would actually take all the risk and list you on these other marketplaces, right? Uh, so we'll get you Target, Better Than Beyond, whatever, all these different places. We'll buy the product up front, take all the risk. And you have to have no employees, no staff, no nothing. We purchase that. We get the product, we list it. So we have an account that does that. And, and it's a whole different company than, than Zulai. But because I saw Zulai, we had a big increase listing all these places. It's a pain in the ass. We have a team of, I don't know, maybe 13 people that just do marketplaces. 
and it's it's horrible oh, wow. it's tough but it's a revenue growth driver and we uh, we give it to people for literally no risk because we buy up front so i know that's a, that's like fantastic new thing we've been doing no, that's awesome. I, I, I'm sure many sellers listening would love to you know, dip their toes in the water of our other marketplaces. But again, it, it's fear, it's frustration, maybe of setting all that stuff up. And you guys just take all the risk and literally carry the, the cost of the product and make sure it's successful on those marketplaces. Um, so I, I would love to ask a little bit more about that. I mean, what, um, what does it look like for a brand then once they're like, okay, great, it's up and running on Walmart, it's up and running on Target. Um, I'd love to take it over. Um, you know, how, how does a brand reintegrate with that? It's very easy because we have no contracts of any kind. So all that would happen is whatever inventory you bought, we set it out and you take the listing, right? So there, we, we have zero, okay. zero contractual obligations, zero, like you want it, you take it. Like in some places you can't create an account, right? Like it's very difficult to get an account on like target on bed, bath and beyond on, on some of these marketplaces. They're very select and they've rejected people. And we've seen people that, you know, we represent and like, they've already tried to get it. They've already tried to listen. They can't. And this is actually a way that you could get listed because your, your brand becomes and gets a steady stream of sales and it gets known on that platform. And maybe they want to have all the SKUs, whatever. Then at that point you can request and get it. And if you go direct, you have no hard feelings. It's fantastic. We have a lot of people. We have so much inquiries that come in. Like we are happy to sell your stuff for six months, a year, and then you roll with it and you want to do it. It's like the revenue is enough where it's going to make sense to get that a couple extra points of margin on those marketplace sales and you take it, then you go ahead. We sell out our inventory, of course, because we bought it, right? So once after we sell it, yeah. then all yours. Oh, that is so interesting. Because I was going to ask you then about like, how do you set up the, the logistics carrier? Maybe it's a 3PL. Um, it, it's really, that's your thing to figure out. And then that's the next seller once they come back and are ready to take over their brand. Um, that's for them to figure out. That's pretty genius. We have a warehouse here in Florida. We do everything in house. So we, you know, we don't have to pay the 3PL rates. Because here's the thing. Some of that margin, if you did it yourself, you don't have a warehouse, right? You're going to pay a 3PL. And those guys charge mm-hmm. a crazy amount of money. What's well, all in-house for us, right? <laughs> These are staff that we have already. And so we're able to take that cost. Because yeah, maybe if you listed quote unquote yourself, right? But it's actually a 3PL and you're getting charged seven, eight, nine dollars per shipping of that unit. Plus you have to have staff to monitor. Plus you have to, you know, get returns to handle it. Like it's so much of the business that we'll just take for you. So we buy the product. We don't do returns. We don't have like, we take it and we're going to, we're going to make it happen. Right. And it's, it's very simple, very easy. And, and I mean, we've had, we, we paid one seller over a hundred thousand dollars in the PO just like a few weeks ago. Um, boom, here you go. No like, kidding. Like it's a huge, it's, it's a big deal. You guys have really mastered the FBM game. It sounds like Do you guys use that on Amazon as well. Uh, when we need to, but FBM again on Amazon, you don't get that prime badge. You don't get that two day shipping. So your sales are not going to be yeah. that strong. Right. But we have the capability and you, and, and when you get bigger, sure. either again, you work with a company like us or you do need to end up mastering that if you want to continue to expand. Right. Amazon is the launching pad. It's not the end all. Right. You need to be able to list on other places. So again, with if you if you do it with like someone like us, there's zero risk. You're just adding. It's like so freaking easy, right? And then that's awesome. Or you do need to set up your warehouse in this, and it's again, it's not like it's not the most exciting thing. Hiring warehouse staff, putting the people, okay, getting the racking, getting the lease. We have like a big ass lease. We we put like hundreds of thousands of dollars in racking, 
I mean, it's it's a big investment, and we're taking all that risk for people. So again, uh, there's many ways to do it, but at this point, you know, we've reached a scale where we we can do it, and we do do it for ourselves, and we're like, well, why not give that to other people? That's awesome. Again, we'll put all that information in the show notes for any sellers that are looking to you know possibly try other marketplaces. Um, that's super awesome. Reach out to Aaron if you uh, are curious. Last question here for you, man. Um, I mentioned it when I brought you in here, but um, could you talk to us a little bit more about Samurai Seller and what you guys are doing there? Yeah, absolutely. So Samurai Seller, I mean, it's been going for quite a bit and we have quite a bit of users, right? Um, and it's basically a platform where you can manage all of your ads with like precision. It, okay, imagine you're flying a plane and all you have is like a joystick, right? And that's all you could do. Well, like, what if you had all these different autopilots and these different suggestions? Like, here's the weather, here's all stuff. That's what Samurai Seller does. It takes all of the ad data, we crunch it, we process it, and we go, look, these are a bunch of bids you should change. These are targets you should add. These are your negative match keywords you really should add because it's spending, like, literally, we connect some accounts and we're like, just with these buttons, you would have saved yourself $30,000, right? So, like, press that, boom, you just save 30 grand. Like, some of these bigger sellers, there's so much data that a person cannot process it all a person cannot do everything, right? Like you have millions of keywords or whatever it is that you have. A, a person can do it all. So I know you guys like, there's a lot of like uh, Excel documents that you drop and you do the macros or you do all these different stuff, right? And that's awesome. But not everybody has that kind of skill, right? So if we just present it and you press select all and you apply those changes and you have an increase in your thing and it's extremely affordable, right? Just like we we're talking about this affordability of products, our software is very affordable, right? It starts at $20 a month. So like 20 wow. bucks a month, like you could literally get all this data, move all your ads, get suggestions. And then what we've been working on now, uh, we brought on one of the biggest AI engineers um, in all Florida. I don't know, maybe in the entire US, right? And wow. we've been building an AI engine to actually change people's bids automatically. And then you just put your SKU, you put out what you want to spend. That's still in beta. But if you go to our website, you can like sign up for it and get on that waiting list. And we have a couple of people on it now. And it's like, okay, this is what is happening. And, and it's, this is the future because most of these companies that do this now, they'll say AI, but it's not actually AI. Okay. Like AI, it's a funny, this thing gets into like a hot debate, right? Because everybody likes to put AI, but like if you're actually making AI, it's like way more complex and the results are way higher, right? Otherwise it's rules. Most people work on the rules, but the AI, what it does, it writes its own rules. It acts on its own thing. It sees the data and it's fluid as opposed to being extremely rigid. And so that's coming up. Again, you can sign up on the waiting list on SamuraiSeller.com. But what we have open now is a full profit tracking a dashboard. Um, it gives you your days of inventory of your stock based on... Anyway, you have to show it. Like I could do a demo for like an hour, like just showing some of the very, very basic features. But it manages your profitability yeah. and your ads. And when the ability to get on the waiting list for this full automation uh, that, we, that we're building now. That's awesome. No, I mean, bringing in tech and API, um, even AMC, as it's getting more and more available, um, we do the same thing. We brought a tech developer on to to build out our systems because, like you said, it, it's tough for one person or even a group of people to to just crunch Excel files and get all the value that's really in that data out of it. Um, so going back to that question, then, uh, do you guys have you guys played with AMC and Amazon Marketing Cloud, the real time data we're now getting? Is that part of the AI? So it's it's part of what we're going to build. None of the stuff that's live right now, like if you just log in, it's not going to have that right now. 
but that's data that definitely is very important to us and like in our in all our development like hey this is data we absolutely will need to use right and that needs to be integrated so it's part of what will be released but not what you'll see now but fine look i mean okay 20 bucks a month okay maybe it doesn't have the latest api but like okay it has a bunch of data right because at that point it's not automatic, right? You have to make decisions. Can one person act on millions of keywords on like hourly data and all this kind of stuff? Probably not, right? So if you're if you're not like having a team of massive scale, that AMC data is not vital to you today. That's like when you're doing these massive, when you're building software to understand. That's enterprise it. level brands. Yes, like if again, you're selling like a couple million a year, it's not really going to benefit you from from what I see right at this exact second. or you're going to have to be pretty smart to analyze and change that data up. You know what I mean? That's like, but, but that'll be part of the, the full automation for sure. No, that's super cool. I mean, 20 bucks a month, samurai seller, that is a, a no risk um, trial. I mean, that's a couple Starbucks coffees. Come on, <laughs> give it a shot. We'll have to definitely bring you back on to, to show, show that dashboard. And um, once you guys, um, are ready to like really roll this thing out and expand. Like again, we'll put show notes uh, in the show notes information on how to try it out. And, uh, but yeah, we'd love to have you back and, and show us out the dashboard, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Anytime. Well, I appreciate the time today, Aaron, man. I won't take too much more of your Friday. Um, thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Justin, really appreciate it.